Hello, and welcome to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gerand, and I'll be giving you my honest thoughts on the books I read. While the reviews will be short and to the point, they'll include everything you want to know without any spoilers to help you figure out what you should read next. So with that said, let's jump right in. Hi, everyone. So today, as you can see from the title of the episode, I'm going to be talking about The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller. And I've kind of hinted at or mentioned or just touched on this book in a couple of the previous episodes. So finally, I am getting around to giving it its own review. And what I had briefly mentioned in those previous episodes is the fact that this book really impressed me and blew me away, specifically because this is Heller's debut novel. And I was incredibly impressed with not only the story itself, but just her overall ability as an author and telling a really moving story or what I found to be a really moving story. So in the rest of this review, obviously we will get into it. But I am a little surprised I ended up picking up this book, and I'm really glad that I did because when I saw it in the bookstore, I believe it had some sort of tag or maybe a sticker. It doesn't have it on the cover because I have it in front of me, but I did know that it was a Reese Witherspoon book club pick, and I know a lot of people love her picks, and they really almost use that as a guide to find books to read, and I think that's truly really great. But personally, I have never been really crazy about the books that she picks. I always feel like they're just a little bit, I don't know, not necessarily immature, but they just never fully hit. And they just feel sometimes like they're a little cliche or maybe a little hokey. And maybe that's just me being really judgmental. That could be the case. But I, in my personal life, I know some other people who feel the same way. So naturally, I was very hesitant when I saw that this was one of her picks as well, but the story on the back of the book just really grabbed my attention, and it just seemed like something that would be up my alley. And although it was a different book than what I was expecting it to be, it was still one that I really enjoyed. So I guess on that note, I can quickly tell you what the book is about. So the story follows the character of Elle, who is a 50-year-old happily married mother of three, and she is spending the summer with both her family and her oldest friend, Jonas. They are summering at the Paper Palace, which is her family's sort of decaying summer cabin that is up in Cape Cod. And it's actually sort of a cluster of a couple of these cabins because I know the kids stay in some and then the adults sort of stay in the main house or cabin. And the novel and the rest of the story really revolves around a single day. So 24 hours prior to when the story opens, something happened between her and Jonas. And she ends up, because of whatever unfolds 24 hours previously, she ends up having to face a decision that's essentially between the life that she's made with her husband, who she does genuinely love, and the life that she's always imagined with Jonas. And it's a life that probably would have happened if not for a series of 
tragic events and unfortunate circumstances. And those tragic events and circumstances are things that happened in her youth that ended up really just forever changing the trajectory that her life took as well as Jonas's in relation to her. And I hope that that tells you enough about the novel without giving too much away because if I go into greater detail, I do think it'll give away too many specifics. And that is a major element of the book is that as you're reading it, all of these events slowly unfold or you sort of realize them because what Heller actually does is she jumps timelines. And that might've been kind of obvious just because I was talking about how when the book opens, you immediately know that something major happened between her and Jonas just 24 hours before, right? So not only is there that timeline where she's jumping back to that night, just literally last night. So you have the present day and she's in her memories, jumping back to what happened last night, what happened between them as she's trying to make this decision. And she keeps referencing that and going back to that in sort of her mind's eye. However, the book adds in other timelines as well, because then you jump further in the past and it's not chronological at all. So you jump to different points in her life as it sort of pieces together her personal history and what happened to her. And you go all the way back to her childhood and her youth and her young adulthood, and you learn her entire personal history. So again, you learn about her youth, but that also means that you learn about her sister. You learn about how she meets her current husband and how they fell in love. And all of these pieces are not presented chronologically, which does sound like this book has a very high potential to be very confusing, and it does, but I think that's part of the reason that I was so impressed with Heller's writing ability is that the story is always completely clear to the reader. And that is not an easy feat to do. And not only is she able to keep everything completely crystal clear for the reader while jumping through these timelines, she also elicits a really strong emotional reaction from readers, at least for me. And the book is also kind of this unique mix of a romantic element or maybe undercurrent to it, but there are a lot of emotions that you're going to feel and it's nowhere near as intense as something like the book A Little Life, which I am going to be reviewing in a couple episodes. But I would say that this is a good book for people who have read that or who even want to read that or interested in reading it, but think that it might be a little bit too intense for them because this book by Miranda Cowley Heller, The Paper Palace, is not a feel-good book. I'll just tell you that straight away. However, there are a lot of, again, tragic elements, okay? Unfortunate circumstances. I use those specific words for a reason, and there's a lot of heavy material in the book, yet there are feel-good moments, absolutely. And I think the story really pulls through at the very, very end where it has a sort of, I don't know, maybe redemptive quality to the end where even though you go through a lot of tragedy and a lot of heavy stuff and a lot of shit, at the same time, I think the ending is really what solidifies the book maybe and the story and really kind of makes the book worth it in a way. Whereas 
I think that's a little bit of my bone to pick with a little life is you go through even more trauma and for an ending for for a, a book in its entirety and an ending that ultimately destroys you. And so I feel like the ending of this book was its ultimate shining light. And again, these are just my personal thoughts and opinions. I know people who would probably disagree with that. I know people who weren't as crazy about this book as I was. So obviously I take everything I say with a grain of salt, but this is my opinion. And just in the event that this book does pique your interest as well, and you do end up reading it, I also had the impression initially, just in the first couple of pages, that the author was trying to be very adult and bordering on, I wouldn't say crass, I think that that's too strong of a word, but just trying to be more adult in their content just to prove that they're a writer, right? And that was kind of my fear knowing that this was the author's debut work. So if that is your impression as well, I would urge you to just stick with the book because the writing style, I don't know if it necessarily evolves, but as the story continues, it does shed a little bit more light on the story that's being told. And I no longer had that impression that this is somebody who's just trying to prove that they're a writer or an author. And I was much more impressed as the book progressed. So just a little small note. And I'm not sure when this review is going to come out. I have a feeling it's going to come out kind of on the later side. So it might be kind of a funny time for it to be released. Um, for example, I think this review might come out in like December. So it might be snowing, which is a little ironic since this book takes place in the summertime, kind of like late summer. But I don't know about you, but I sometimes like to read a Christmas book in the summer or a summertime book in the winter. And so if you are like me and you like to do that, then this is a good book to read for that. It'll give you very, like I said, late summer, sunshine vibes, the whole cabin experience, s'mores, etc. Because it takes place in Cape Cod in the middle of summer. But if that is sacrilegious or blasphemous for you, then I would just recommend putting this on your to-read list and tackling this next summer because it will definitely not be out of date by then. This book only came out in 2021, so it is a pretty new release. And I think at this point in the review, it is no surprise that I would give this book five out of five stars. Again, I know that is really high praise. Personally, I feel like it is very well-deserved. Again, I know people who weren't quite as nuts about this book, um, but I also know other people who would agree with that. So take that for what it's worth. But as I've already mentioned, I was just incredibly impressed with Heller's ability to tell what I felt like was a very moving story. And it is kind of a slow build to that, but she does very quickly rope you in and piques your interest and makes you care about these characters, specifically Elle and Jonas. And again, I've mentioned this before in other reviews, but I sincerely appreciate when authors write believable characters, believable dialogue. And granted, this is coming from somebody who has not written a book, but I can't imagine that being too difficult to accomplish. So anyway, Miranda Kelly Heller did an excellent job writing incredibly realistic characters, great dialogue, all that, coupled with this very moving and emotional story, as well as a very complicated 
chopped up timeline or even timelines, plural, that all fits together into this beautiful, cohesive story. And again, those are very difficult things to do even on their own. And the fact that Heller was able to do all of it in one in her very first novel is just incredibly impressive to me. But if there are any listeners who have read this book and you're just listening to this review out of curiosity to hear my thoughts on it, I do have, I guess, a question or a note. And so it's about the ending. I will phrase this in a way that is not a spoiler. So if you haven't read the book, you can keep listening. If you want to be extra safe, you can also just skip ahead. Feel free to do that. But what I want to know is just if you predicted the ending. Personally, I was pretty concrete on how it was going to end when L and Gina have a conversation in the bathroom. I'm not going to say anything else because if you've read the book, you'll know what I'm talking about. But at that moment, I immediately knew, I immediately knew in my head. And the reason I mention it is because there's still a little bit of story left after that and you sort of read how the events unfold. So I'm just curious if you were surprised by the ending or if you saw it coming or whether you think she made the right decision or the wrong decision, any of that, feel free to DM me. You can comment on this post on Instagram, whatever you want to do. Would love to talk about it. But to quickly circle back to what I was mentioning about the author, like I said, I was incredibly impressed because this is her debut novel. But that being said, after I finished the book, I looked into a little bit more about her background and it should have come as no surprise that she would be such a talented writer because before writing this book, Heller was actually the senior vice president and head of drama series at HBO. So I do not know, but I would imagine that that career would have lent itself to perhaps her being a really excellent writer. Again, I have no idea. I can't speak concretely on that, but seeing that, it didn't surprise me personally. And I will say, I do really hope that she has good contacts from working in that industry and at HBO, because I would love to see this get greenlit for something. I personally could really see this as a phenomenal limited series and on some sort of streaming service like HBO. And you know what? I'm actually going to call it now. I actually think that this book will definitely get turned into something, whether it is a movie or it is a TV series. Again, I think if anybody's listening in the industry, I think that this would be a great limited series personally, but that's just my opinion. So if you have read this too, or you do end up reading it, let me know if you agree with me on that, or if you disagree or what your thoughts are. But if you did listen to my review on Sally Rooney and her new novel, I did mention The Paper Palace a little bit and kind of my thoughts on authors' debut works and different authors in general. And something I kind of touched on, which I guess I can kind of expand upon a little bit here, is the fact that I feel like there are certain authors who are very overhyped and not necessarily because they're bad writers. So for example, Sally Rooney is an incredibly talented writer. However, she is overhyped. I think that's just a fact. I don't think that that is subjective. I think that's pretty objective. And I'm not really sure why. I kind of think that maybe there's a hole in the 
romance book genre where typically those types of books are pretty hokey, whereas her books are more heavy and more serious and they just kind of fill this small niche, which is not really a niche, I think, because there's a lot of desire for those types of books, but they don't really exist. And then I think as soon as people hop on a bandwagon, there's just this snowball effect. But for some reason with Sally Rooney, she's also just become this media darling. And I don't know if it's because her books are just being adapted into TV shows, but I feel like there's just this extra level of media and PR hype around her that is just slightly out of proportion because works like this crop up on my radar. And granted, it's not as if this book is, you know, at the bottom of some dusty pile that I discovered, right? Like Reese Witherspoon did pick this out for her book club you know, who knows, maybe she does have contacts from the industry that she's worked in that sort of helps facilitate getting this book placed in the right places or in the right hands or, you know, also has an element of PR and media and things like that surrounding it. Obviously, I'm not disillusioned to that. However, I do believe that you have some of these standout authors who just get this extra level of media attention or even attention just from bookstagrammers or people like that. And for some reason that just ends up solidifying their status, no matter what they write from there. So Stephen King is kind of another example. Some of his books are, are underwhelming. I'll just say it. And there are so many other authors who don't get anywhere near the same level of attention. And that has been apparent to me personally, just from browsing the bookstore. And I'm still aware that the bookstore that I'm browsing in particular is still picking out books that are new releases, sort of the creme de la creme sometimes, if you will. So again, I'm not disillusioned to that fact, but they still get so much less attention than some of these top people who have been selected to just immediately be in this canon, like Stephen King, Sally Rooney, etc. So I don't really know what you should take away from this and this little rant. But I think the thing is, is to just make the effort to seek out other works. I do think it can be extremely helpful to go off of these popular authors and these popular writers and their great guideposts to really help you find what you like to read or what might be of interest to you just because there is so much attention and usually they are very safe bets. However, I believe in expanding your palette and finding new authors, and that's what I like to do. I still like to do what I did as a kid, browsing the library, where I would just pull random books, just read the back, and if it sounds fun, if it sounds interesting, etc., just give it a try. And I know that that's a lot harder to do when you're buying books because books cost a lot of money. They also cost a lot of your time. The average person, you know, is reading at a decent pace, but it might only be a book or two a month. And I totally understand that. So in that case, there are other things like, you know, a library card or signing up for the Libby app so you can access those books on your e-reader or something like that. And I will step off of my soapbox, but it's basically just to look around for other books and other stories and anything that interests you. And a lot of times, you might miss the mark and say, wow, I hated that, but you still learn something valuable. You still learn to steer away from that author or maybe don't read whatever that genre was and then go from there. So anyway, I'm done. If anybody is still listening, I will wrap this up. 
As I said before, this is a book that I would rate five out of five stars. I think if you are someone who is an adult reader and you've read a lot of Reese Witherspoon's book club picks before, this is probably a good pick for you. It's a little bit more adult, a little bit more gritty, a little bit more realistic. It's not quite as bubbly and pink as some of the other selections. And I will touch on what I mentioned before is that I also think this is a good read for people who did read the book A Little Life. Again, nowhere near as dramatic, nowhere near as sad or as heavy. However, I think that is a really good indicator that this book will be a more enjoyable form of that, if that makes sense. And I think on that note, I've said everything that needs to be said. I know I've talked your ear off in this episode, but as always, stay tuned for next week's episodes. I am always mixing up the different genres and the different books that I give you, which will be changing in 2023 in the new year. So enjoy it while it lasts. I will be making an announcement on how I'm going to be doing that in 2023 and a little bit of the differences that are going to be made. So stay tuned for that as well. But if you are someone who is interested in books that have been turned into movies, specifically earlier 2000s movies that are also kind of action-based, then you will definitely like next week's episode. And until then, you can follow along on Instagram and TikTok at Brutally Honest Books. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. As always, that is the biggest way to support the show and subscribe from wherever you're listening from. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. If you like this show, you can rate and review on iTunes, and be sure to follow along on Instagram at Brutally Honest Books.